Montana. And I'm Samantha. And you're listening to Reaper Tales. And today we're bringing you a joint episode for New Year's resolutions. Yay! But before we get started, Samantha, what are we drinking? That would be good to have on hand, wouldn't it? Um, I do believe that I have the ingredients. Hang on. Talk amongst yourselves. (laughs) Well, uh, so we're going to do milliliters, apparently, because that's how this one works. You're going to do 30 milliliters of Smirnoff vodka. Let's be honest, any vodka, I prefer not Smirnoff, to be perfectly honest. I'm using Tito's. Yeah, Tito's is my go-to, typically. Uh, And then you're going to use some soda water. You're going to need six raspberries, plus a few extras for your garnish, six mint leaves, and ice. You're going to crush the raspberry mint leaves together in a tall glass, stir in the vodka and ice until it's all combined, and then just top it with soda water and garnish with with the extra raspberries. So top it with your desired amount of soda water, basically, and then garnish with the raspberries. Which I didn't do a tall glass. I kind of did like a medium glass, Mm -hmm. as you can see. And then I also... It's very, very pretty. It is. It tastes really good, too. Um and I garnished mine with like an extra little, like the tip sprig of the mint. So like, boop, right on top. It's very yeah. pretty. And, you know, if your New Year's resolution is to not drink, then, you know, uh, you could do it without the vodka and just make it with everything else, honestly. And it would basically be the same. Ah, don't give up now. <laughs> <laughs> cheers. Cheers. To New Year's resolutions. To not making New Year's resolutions. Amen. All right. I did not make New Year's resolutions last year, and it worked out really well. So I'm going to do the same thing this year. Yeah, I, I don't ever make them. So Ooh. anyway, <laughs> so I sort of followed the theme. I So this, this is the interesting – we were talking about this yesterday when we were getting ready to like, okay, so when are we going to record? What are we going to do? How are we going to do this? And Montana was like, oh, I have an idea. And right when she said that, I had texted her and told her, what about New Year's resolutions gone wrong? She's like, oh, my gosh, I was going to say the same thing. So it can be on that vein. I was a little loose with mine. It's not on New Year's or anything, but it, it'll make sense when we do it. But I think it's kind of fun to play with these and not tell each other how we're going to handle the theme. <laughs> And it's going to work really well until we end up doing the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I was like in the middle of my research today and I, I texted you and I was like, your case isn't out of Georgia, is it? <laughs> I was like, nah. Like didn't even, spoiler alert, mine's out of Georgia. So I didn't follow like the instructions as far as like, this isn't a New Year's resolution based like story, but it happens on New Year's. Well, there you go. It's so. sort of following Maybe they should have had New Year's resolutions that they started a little early. Yeah, true. So I'm actually going to start us out because mine's a little bit darker. Probably a lot bit darker. Than mine? Yeah, probably. (laughs) Than what Samantha has. And before I get started, there are a lot of resources in this. I'm not going to list them off. We have two different story things that are going on. It's too much. They'll be in the show notes. 
So today, Samantha, I'm going to tell you about the murder of Meredith Hope Emerson. I hope you're ready. Sounds familiar. It probably does. And I know that there are probably some people who are listening to this going, (gasps) or if they're not, they're like, that sounds familiar. And as we get farther into it, they're going to be like, oh, that's why I know this. So buckle up, buckaroos. You're in for a wild ride. I got my drink. I'm good to go. (laughs) Good. So Meredith Hope Emerson was born in Charleston, South Carolina to parents David Lloyd and Susan Hope Emerson. She was raised in a suburb of Raleigh and in Longmont, Colorado. Meredith graduated from Neewat, I hope I'm saying that right, high school in 2005. She went on to graduate with honors from the University of Georgia with a bachelor's degree in French and was given the Cecil Wilcox Award for Excellence in French. Didn't know that was a thing. Power to you. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, all I can, all I know is a wee wee. A wee wee. Did you learn that from the cartoon? <laughs> yeah. And for a long time, I thought it was a body part. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> Meredith also practiced martial arts and was a blue belt in Aikido. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, she, was, she was also training her dog as a physical therapy dog. Aww. Yeah. On New Year's Day 2008, Meredith and her dog, a black Labrador retriever mix named Ella, what a cute name, set out to hike on Blood Mountain, uh, and this is a part of like the Appalachian Trail in Georgia. Meredith and Ella were seasoned hikers, and the vigorous hike along this portion of the Appalachian Trail shouldn't have been any different than her other hikes. However, Meredith didn't return that day. The next day, her roommate called Meredith's boyfriend, Steve Seegers, who then went and checked out Blood Mountain. From a TalkMurder.com article, Steve and Meredith had a heated phone call the day before, right before Meredith went on her hike. This was the last time a family member or friend spoke with Meredith. When Steve arrived at Blood Mountain and discovered Meredith's car, he assumed she had camped out nearby to uh, being snowed in. Steve reported Meredith as an overdue hiker to authorities. Uh, Everyone was thinking she would be rescued soon. So they just all assumed, like, she was just stranded or lost, like, on the trail or something like that. Okay. The sheriff's office collaborated with local emergency personnel to launch a rescue mission for Meredith. They searched the trail and her car. They even pulled out her phone records, but alas, to no avail. A helicopter was also called in to expand uh, the search radius. When all these attempts failed, the Georgia Bureau of Investigation was contacted. In the meantime... Multiple hikers, including Bill Clawson, remembered seeing Meredith and Ella walking alongside an older gentleman who, was, who also had a dog and told police she was wearing a lavender zippered jacket and black exercise pants. Seth Blankenship, another hiker, stated that he had noticed how in one portion of the trail, it looked like a fight had occurred. Water bottles, a police baton, and a leather dog leash amongst other items, were laying on the ground. A police baton? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) All right. 
when I saw that, I was just like, who, how do you, how do you, casual, like, carry a police baton and, like, not cause a ruckus, like, cause suspicion? It's not like you can hide that in your pants. No. I mean, maybe you can. Also, why would you have that? Yeah. How did you get it? Okay. Let us know, listeners, how you would get one of those. (laughs) If you know. If you know. Uh, He knew something was wrong because he had seen the same baton in the hands of an old man. Again, if you see somebody walking around with a police baton in the woods, why are you just walking away? Like, why are you? Well, that would definitely get my attention. I I would certainly remember it. Yeah, but why aren't you calling the police immediately? That's weird. That's weird. That's super weird. I thought he was confused and thought it was a walking stick. <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, he had seen it in the hands of an old man, and Meredith had her dog on the same leash. Bill Clausen was also present that day, and he actually noticed that the old man waiting impatiently for other people to leave the area. This man... Suspicious. Yeah, super suspicious. This man was also seen with Meredith earlier in the day. This man's name was Gary Michael Hilton. I see that look on your face. Keep going. During the search, there were multiple attempts to access Meredith's account at ATM machines. (laughs) ATMs. (laughs) I'm sorry. ATMs. This actually pointed to Gary and Meredith traveling, as the attempts were nowhere near the search radius of the trail. The GBI claimed that they had asked for Meredith's bank statement on January 3rd, but that Wells Fargo contested this by saying that they requested this on the 4th. So the GBI is basically saying we requested Meredith's bank statements on the 3rd, while Wells Fargo is saying, nay, nay, they requested it on the 4th. And this is... I must say they probably requested on the third. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, I might be biased. Just Uh, from my experience with financial institutions, it's not unheard of, especially at the very beginning of the year, for you to request something and it to not actually go through to the people who might be fulfilling said request until the next day. So... And especially certain institutions that shall not be named but may have been previously named. Ah, Do with that what you will. (laughs) Don't come at me, Wills Fargo. I think they got enough problems to worry about right now. I'm kidding. This is when the information was handed over. So the information was handed over on the 4th to the U.S. Marshal Service, who gave it to the GBI. Now, this is an important part of it. And there's a reason why Wells Fargo would contest this and there's a reason why the gbi would say nay nay we requested it on the third just what year was this 2008 don't you start searching i can see you searching don't you're gonna ruin this for us why i just want to see what day of the week it was on oh okay i'm fine with that it shouldn't matter unless it was a sunday exactly all right, what day was it? Let's see. 
The third was on a Thursday, so they were open. That's what I was checking because it would be easy for them to say, well, we requested it on the third and it was a Sunday and they weren't even open. Or even if it was a Monday, they still wouldn't be open because it would have been a holiday. So that's why I wanted to check that. But it would also be, it would also, so the third of the month, depending on the branch that they went to, and it's on a Thursday. Heavens to Betsy. Yeah, they probably were busy. And especially if they went directly to a branch. Because the first would have been the holidays, so the first day they were open was on the second, which is ends up being the first, and then the next paycheck that we all have, who have worked in the financial industry know what paycheck I'm talking about, on the third is another majorly busy day, and it's on a Thursday, and it's only the second day of the year you've been open. Yeah, I mean, it could be yeah, it could a be nightmare. That. I mean, it's easy to see how... Um, But I will say if the GBI is asking for information, they probably had a subpoena and that should have been sent immediately. But at the same time, human error. Yeah. Or a warrant. Yeah. I'm sure. Human error, whatever. um, Financial institutions. It's not a justification, but I'm just saying. Been there, done that. Yeah. A lot goes on. Uh, on January 3rd, the police held a news conference and a businessman by the name of John... Tabor called the tip line. He identified the murderer after seeing the story. I'm going ahead and telling you it's a murderer because uh, the title yeah. of the episode. After seeing the story on CNN, Tabor told authorities that Hilton, ha- uh, Gary Hilton, had done some marketing work for his company. And because of this, he also had the killer's personal information Gary's date of birth his white Chevy Astro van and its tag number and the name of his dog were provided to the dispatcher. This That's a lot of information. Yeah. I don't like, I don't even know your tag number. So I don't know my tag number. <laughs> what are you talking uh, about? I know like two digits of my tag number. That's a little bit weird. That's some, whatever. I don't um, even know my driver's license number. I don't use it often enough. I mean, get at it, John Tabor, whatever you got to do. Yeah. Maybe he just remembers everybody ta- everybody's tag numbers. It's it's probably a good good practice to just anything sort of suspicious. Go ahead and note that tag number. Yeah, maybe you could use that later. Hmm. It's I'm not about that life. I can't remember. No, what it's once I remember are. things and I force them to memory, I can't get rid of them, and I only have so much space in my brain, and I'm not going to put fill it up with tag numbers that I may or may never use. Yeah, true that. Plus, it changes if they get a different car. So why would I true. whatever? Um, too many complications. Speaking of remembering things, I um, I know this could go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little worried. <laughs> we talking about memory and me. Uh, when I was at my grandparents the other day, I for some reason I don't remember what we were talking about, and all of a sudden I was like, I remember this phone number, and I spouted out the phone number, and I was like, I don't know whose phone number that was, <laughs> and my grand says. That that was your that was your home phone number when you were growing up. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's oh, what wow. I remember it. <laughs> okay, you knew the number, you just didn't know why. Yeah, I was like, why do I know that number? Why did it pop in my head? <laughs> that's a better that. question. Why did well, it pop in your head? Well, the trauma. I I, I can talk mm-hmm. about that with my therapist after this. Later, I remembered a phone number. <laughs> that have trauma. Help me. How do I get rid of it? The uh, trauma? No, the phone number. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to help you. 
Oh God, I have mental problems. <laughs> um, <laughs> please, please, whoever's listening to this, don't isolate that. <laughs> oh God, oh, there would be so many better things to isolate and use than just that uh, one piece because you admit that on it about every other episode so i think we're good yeah i mean it's nothing new anyway um Tabor told authorities that hilton had all right yeah i already I already did that blah 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 he knew his tag number for some reason the name of his dog uh i mean i would remember the name of the dog probably but I the mean, tag number definitely not gonna happen yeah for sure 100 i would remember the name the name of the dog before i remember the name of the person so. that's what i was just about to say yeah same yeah um this data was passed on to the gpi gpi gbi who is the gpi actually no i don't i don't know <laughs> uh i there were three words that popped into my head and they were bad um who put out a bolo on Hilton that afternoon. John Tabor received two phone calls from Gary Hilton after this, one from his cell phone and another from the payphone at the Huddle House restaurant. I think calling Huddle House a restaurant is uh, <laughs> uh, stretching it a little bit. Might be a bit of a stretch. <laughs> Just mm, a little bit. Did I ever tell you about the Huddle House the, that my sister and I went to um, when we shared an apartment? You could No, smoke. but I'm going to take a wild guess. It wasn't great. It wasn't. You could smoke in there. And so her and I would go over there. And that was back when we smoked. We were young. Don't and do dumb. that. Bad. Don't do that anymore. And we sit there and we would just like chain smoke and drink coffee. Wow. We were under. You weren't the only ones. No, we weren't. It smelled like (laughs) it's. I go into places now. um, By the way, if you are not from Alabama, I don't. I know that North Carolina doesn't do this, uh, but Alabama still has some area like restaurant or bars and things like that where you can smoke inside of them. Very few, very few and far between. It's very few, but like my dad frequents one, and so. When I go in there, it takes me like two weeks to get that smell out of my hair. And even your clothes, and especially if you're traveling, Mm -hmm. like, I'm sorry, I'm going to need to wash my clothes before I pack them back in my bag, because then everything's going to smell like that. Yep. Yep. It's, it's pretty terrible. So the Huddle House was uh, one of those growing, that's what I think about. Like, I don't think I ever actually ate at the Huddle House. It's probably for the best. Um. Yeah, probably. It's not. It's not a Waffle House. Huddle House is definitely a step below Waffle no. House. Don't you ever dare disgrace the name of a Waffle House like that. <laughs> <laughs> There's a Huddle House on my exit, and all I know is that one of my neighbors went there shortly after it was open. So in theory, everything should be relatively in date and clean, and ended up with food poisoning. So I don't think I'm ever going to darken the doorstep of that place in my life. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. And that hotel house is, there's a Jack's right down the street that serves really good food for breakfast. I will go there. I would rather risk getting punched by a waffle house employee. (laughs) than eat a hotel house. You have to do something. You have to do something pretty bad to warrant that, that, uh, that treatment. Yeah. Um, Yeah. They're pretty nice. I also like the fact every time I go into a Waffle House, it, I, some elderly lady always calls me honey and sugar, and um, mm-hmm. it fills that void that my mother left in me. So. 
I think we were talking about a case. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Why am I like this? Oh, God. So, um, Gary Hilton instructed John to leave a check for him at his place of business. He needed money. John followed the instructions, fearing for his family's well-being, and also hoped this action would help the GBI catch Gary. But the authorities were too late. Gary had fled by the time they arrived at the location. It actually turns out that the information John Tabor provided to the investigators helped in the capture of Gary, however. Oh, how about that? Soon after the local news featured Meredith's abduction, someone spot this is so stupid. Someone spotted Gary's Astro van at a gas station, and he was frantically throwing away evidence. Smart. Okay. I mean, he was standing around with a police baton, apparently, waiting for everybody to leave so he could continue with whatever it was he was planning on doing. Yeah. So. Why wouldn't you see, why would you be hiking and see something like that and see people hiking by themselves and not go, you know what, maybe, maybe, maybe I I should see if they want to hike together just because that guy seems um, odd. Maybe. At the very least, warn him. Hey, there's this weird guy. Do you want to? Yeah, I with. I don't know. Just uh, that's an odd situation. I would never pass somebody. Actually, I would never pass somebody on a hiking trail. Period. Full stop. Fair. <laughs> Fair. But again, this was 15 years ago. Yeah. Um. So times were a little different. Yeah, I think we're, I think we as, especially as women, are much more cautious than we used to be. Yeah, never, as wine and crime would say, never meet a man. Yeah, there you go. Full stop. Also, fresh air is for dead people, so. It is. So, what happened? Where is Meredith? Well, she's obviously murdered. The title of the story and all. But, when, where, how, and why are our questions. Here's the thing about the story. Meredith was alive for three days after her abduction. That's why it's so important that the uh, dispute between Wells Fargo and the GBI mm-hmm. comes into time. it. It wasted time. I mean, it does in any way, in any case. I mean, mm-hmm. she's abducted, so the next obvious assumption is going to be that she is going to be murdered at some point. So mm-hmm. time is of the essence, obviously. Gary held her captive in his van for three days before he killed her. But why would he do this, you might ask? Well, he wanted money. Meredith, being the smart woman she was, kept giving Gary the wrong PIN number to her debit card. And then you go and say PIN number. Ugh. PIN. PIN number to her debit card. <laughs> in the end. i you later. <laughs> Oh, well, thank goodness you're over 300 miles away from me. Uh, In the end, it didn't matter, however, because Gary still took her life. Here's a recount of what happened from an article by NBC News. Gary Michael Hilton described his four days with uh, Emerson and how she fought, um, fought him from the moment he tried to overpower her as she hiked with her dog, Ella, according to the interviews that the Atlanta Journal of Journal Constitution obtained from the Georgia Bureau of Investigation. Ha ha. I got it out. 
She was doing everything she could to stay alive, GBI director Vernon Keenan told the newspaper. It's not something you can train for. Instincts kicked in. She she nearly got the best of him. She's very much a hero. Hilton pleaded guilty to charges. He killed Emerson and was sentenced to life in prison with the possibility of parole after 30 years. He had agreed to lead investigators to her body if prosecutors didn't seek the death penalty. He told investigators he targeted the 24-year-old University of Georgia graduate because she was a woman. For a time, they had hiked together on the New Year's Day near the Appalachian Trail in Union County, but the 61-year-old Hilton couldn't keep up. When Emerson turned and headed back down the trail, Hilton was waiting with a military-style knife. He demanded her ATM card, and Emerson immediately went on the defense, grabbing the blade and a baton Hilton used to counter her her struggles. So he had a baton, and he had a knife. And she grabbed the blade Mm -hmm. from him. She wouldn't stop, Hilton told investigators. She wouldn't stop fighting and yelling at the same time. So I needed to both control her and silence her. Hilton said he did that by punching her, blackening both her eyes and possibly breaking her nose. He said the blows also broke his hand. Oh, poor baby. Well, good on her for making (laughs) it as difficult as possible. Well, and she's she trains martial arts. Mm-hmm. She's blue belt. Like she's, ugh. I'm I'm surprised she didn't you know kill him. But whatever. Well, he had two weapons too. But yeah, when he thought he had worn her down, Emerson fought him again. He said, "Well, and she probably wasn't expecting him if he was this older guy and acted kind of frail." Yeah, and he had a dog with him, so I mean. She had a dog. He had a dog. You know, but people always seem a lot nicer when they have animals with them. I think that, I, I think that that's don't trust people with animals. We have a certain, we be, we both have a friend that could probably hear that a little bit more often. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Hilton, Hilton said he calmed her down by telling her that, He just wanted her credit card and PIN number. Then avoided avoided establishing... I just want to say, you're the one that sounds completely uneducated when you say that. That's all I could think of whenever people say that. By the way, PIN stands for personal identification number. So when you say that, you're saying personal identification number number. You sound like an idiot. (laughs) Thanks. I worked at a branch for years. I'm aware. I'm doing you it. You are, but not everybody listening is aware of what it stands for. I'm doing it just to get under your skin. Then avoided established trails as he led Emerson back down from the mountains and placed Emerson and her dog in his van. Emerson bought herself three days by giving Hilton the wrong pen for the ATM card, telling him each time that the numbers were correct. On the day Hilton killed Emerson, he told her she was going home. He secured her to a tree, walked back to his van to collect himself and make coffee. And when he returned, he said, Emerson told him, I was afraid you weren't coming back. He said he walked behind her and hit her several times with the handle of a car jack. Hilton said he couldn't bring himself to kill Emerson's dog. Okay, well, at least there's some kind of something there. Yeah. When Bridges asked Hilton 
this is one of the investigators, if Hilton had the same equivocations about Emerson, Hilton described the experience as surreal. So he's basically saying, did you feel like, like, did you have any reservations about killing Emerson like you did the dog? It was hard, Hilton told investigators. You got to remember, we spent several good days together. What the fuck? So why? Several good days together. Like, good good to whom, sir? She was probably trying to politely exit the situation, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. So, in the end, Gary Hilton was sentenced to life in prison for the murder of Meredith. But our story doesn't stop there. In the next episode that I cover, I will be covering Gary Hilton because Gary Hilton is actually a serial killer. Known in the media as the National Forest Serial Killer. That sounds familiar, but I can't like place any a specific case around that. I feel like I've heard that though. I don't remember where I, I heard it from, but I know I've heard it covered by somebody else. And it took me going through all of the research for Meredith to go, hmm. That sounds really familiar. Um, as of now, he is responsible for four known homicides between 2007 and 2008 that were committed in three states, all of which occurred within the premises of National Forest. Hilton remains a suspect in several other killings, of which I'll include in my next episode. So that is the murder of Meredith wow. Hope Emerson. Good job, dude. That Thanks. was uh whirlwind yeah i know (laughs) and one reason why i take my job so seriously when i get requests i try to return (laughs) to (laughs) i try to try to get them what they need as soon as possible even if it doesn't include a subpoena um but yeah wow that's crazy i wonder if it would have actually benefited them if they had that information a day earlier Sometimes I wonder about those situations because sometimes it really wouldn't help and it wouldn't have made a difference, but they have to point fingers at somebody else to, to take the focus away from. Yeah. I mean, we're doing what we can. We didn't get what we needed and here's why. I mean, I don't, I'm not a hundred percent sure if it would have helped them. Um, I don't, I don't know that it would have helped them. But in one interview, Gary told them that he actually saw uh, investigators patrolling an area around where he planned to kill her. Mm-hmm. And this was before he had killed her. And so, to me, sorry, excuse me. It kind of sounds like a lot of hindsight type stuff. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. I just feel I mean, bad. it's unfortunate because it's like you can look back and say, oh, all of these pieces connect together and it makes perfect sense. But you're looking at it from knowledge that you already have and putting it together without that is a little bit trickier. Yeah. And in the at the end of it, um, I want to make sure to point out like Gary Hilton is a douchebag, a butt sucker, and he's terrible and I hate him. Um Meredith Emerson. I want to. I want to remember Meredith Emerson in this story, and that's why mm-hmm. I named it the murder of Meredith Emerson. And I wanted to cover her separate from covering Gary Hilton because uh, she had a promising future. Even if she didn't have a promising future, that doesn't matter. I'm rambling. 
Boy she was beings. a human being. She Didn't was deserve a human it. being. Yeah. So anyways. Out for a walk. So if you're trying, if your goal is to be healthier, don't do that. Yeah. Uh, uh, don't do that. Like, don't go on hikes. <laughs> don't go on hikes. No. Don't, no, the real lesson here is don't go on hikes alone. Yeah. Which, in theory, you should be really cautious about doing anyway. Yeah. See, whenever I go on hikes, I go with one of my friends, and she has her dog with her, even though her dog only weighs three pounds. But uh, those suckers are loud, typically. Yeah. So, yeah, for sure. They make up for, for size and, and noise. <laughs> yeah, 100%. All right. So that was my case. Now, All right. uh, let's go on. To, so for me, okay. we did. We only had a theme, so I decided to go with what I was thinking when I made the suggestion, which is not a single story, but a group of stories. I'm so and ready for this. Stories are gym horror stories. So I thought I would do everyone a favor and provide a very justifiable example or examples it's a lot of examples i'll be honest of why it may not be a great new year's resolution to hit the gym or at least know your limits when you're first getting started don't go i know you want to go at it 100 percent. don't do that start slow um i've been working towards a goal of being healthier and have added a workout regime since last april but i started out really slow and i started out with a trainer who was walking me through it and getting me to the level where i needed to be to gain that strength and endurance. Um, In the past, I've tried and failed many, 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 many times (laughs) trying to do everything all at once, healthier eating, uh, doing the workouts that I find online. And it, it always failed because it's hard to maintain that if you're going hundred percent all the way at the beginning, you got to start simple and work your way up, um, which none of us want to do because we also want those results like that. So Take your time. Let your body. It took you a long time to get where you are. It's going to take a long time to get back to a healthier way of living. Um, so, also, these examples are going to give you a reason why you don't hit it 100% right from the get go. Definitely start slow. So, I got these from a bunch of different websites. Um, a couple of websites actually had just more information on certain incidents. But and I, so I, I just kind of elaborated on those. Uh, but I actually pro- probably I might have the same or maybe even less resources than you did. Uh, but the most of it that I got was from the richest.com and it was uh, the 15 fitness horror stories to scare you away from the gym. <laughs> Great. I didn't, I didn't do all 15. I just picked out the ones that I thought were the most interesting situations and some of which I had heard of prior to. And some of these you may have heard of. There was definitely at least two of these in here I have seen that make me never want to use the machines that were being used in the examples. No, I know what you're talking about. And, I and it makes it, it oh, I, oh, even I'm going to see the picture. It, it makes Same. me cringe. And you're going to know exactly which one I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm like rubbing my knees right now. Oh, God. But I know what you're talking about. One thing that most of these have in common is that they were doing entirely too much and they were not ready for it. Or they were using machines and not knowing how to use the machines. So, disclaimer, this part is going to be gross. At the very least, even if I don't give a lot of detail, you're going to be able to use your imagination if you've ever been in a gym. So, proceed with caution. I'm I'm just going to do a blanket statement because it's going to be a lot. So, let's get Uh, into it. I'm going to scream. Sam, I'm going to (laughs) scream. The first one, and and a lot of this is going to be quoted. I'm not going to sit here and go, quote, quote, quote. 
I'm going to list all the resources and you can go to each website and see the different ones. Cause some of these are firsthand accounts and some of these are from newspaper or uh, news articles online. Before you get started, I just want to point out, something. <laughs> I, it was something I noticed I've been doing recently and I don't know why I'm doing it. I'm going to ask my therapist in my next session. Yes. I'm going to share this with you listeners. You but we, were, first. <laughs> we were, we were watching um, the uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi series from mm -hmm. Disney Plus last night and we got to a part where somebody dies I'm not going to spoil it for you but as they were dying I immediately knew I was about to cry I turned to my husband and said I'm about to cry and then proceeded to cry <laughs> <laughs> and so I've been announcing when I'm going to do something that's emotional and I don't know why I'm doing it <laughs> Maybe it's you acknowledging that this is going to happen instead of preventing yourself from doing it. And that's healthy. Is that healthy? That is actually healthy because you're, you're allowing it to happen and you know, it's going to happen, but you don't prevent yourself. That's oh my important. God. It's okay. So incredible. you're going to cringe. Um, I don't, I don't know that you're going to cringe. Well, maybe we'll mute the mic if you're going to do that. It'll get really loud. So the bench press is undoubtedly the king of the upper body workouts. <laughs> She's already shaking her head. <laughs> It's used as a means of comparing strength. How much do you bench, bro, is a saying that's heard a lot around guys who lift and have a bit of muscle. I've heard it at the gym when I've been there. It's really dumb. That's because it's a compound exercise that allows people to lift heavy and consequently people feel the need to load up the bar and just go as heavy as possible in order to give their egos a boost and feel like the main man or woman. I.e. in Unbreakable, if you've ever seen that movie at some point, he's lifting weights and that's what he's doing. He's doing a bench press and they keep adding weights and adding weights and adding weights. And that's supposed to like show how strong he is, but actually not really. It doesn't really show that much. So that's what, whether that's why 22 year old Kyle Thompson did what he did or not, um, we don't really know. But he went really heavy when he did a bench press. You can see from a picture of him that you can find on the article that he was squatting. He was a, he was like squatting this really big barbell with a bunch of weight on it. He's a pretty big guy. And on the barbell, he had enough weight to claim his life when it crashed down on top of him. It was really a freak and horrific accident. It occurred, uh, I forgot to put the year, um, because it says last year, it was in the 2000s, but it wasn't, it actually wasn't that long ago at Elite Edge Transformation Center in Iowa. Kyle was benching, didn't have anyone to spot him in this, in this article, it said he didn't have anyone to spot him. In another article, I saw that he did have somebody to spot him. So conflicting news on that, but you always have to have somebody to spot you, especially if you're going to lift heavy. Don't, don't do that on your own. That's extremely dangerous. But in any case, the weight ended up slipping and ultimately ended up crushing him to death. He suffered severe internal injuries before passing away later in the hospital. Understandably, those in the gym who witnessed the event were horrified. Everyone ended up meeting with grief counselors, but still, that's one of the worst things that can happen in a gym, obviously. and was probably enough to put a lot of those people off from returning and probably off from ever bench pressing again. Um, so I found additional information from USA Today. He was bench pressing 315 pounds. That's per the gym, there was a spotter, though there was no explanation provided as to why the spotter didn't help catch the weight or wasn't paying attention maybe or didn't catch it in time. 
But in any case, the spotter was there and actually didn't prevent the injury. Maybe they hadn't ever done it before, or maybe they didn't know the proper way to be a spotter. But typically when you are a spotter, your hands are basically underneath that bar while they're bench pressing, especially if you start to see them having any kind of difficulty because you're there to help push it up for those last couple reps. So that way they don't necessarily have to lift the full weight because the way that you work out, you wait, you you push to exhaustion and on that particular exercise, you actually can just basically collapse your, your muscles. You can work them to the point where they just don't work anymore. That's why a spotter is so important. So I don't know if they just didn't know what they were doing or maybe they didn't know how to do it or, or whatever. But in any case, unfortunately, it did end up costing him his life. According to that article, from 1990 to 2007, almost 1 million Americans were treated in ERs for weight training related injuries. Of those, less than 2% required hospitalization. The estimated the estimate of deaths was only 114 during that 18-year period. So it's not common for you to die. And honestly, the rate of hospitalization isn't that high either. But we definitely hear about these <laughs> these cases because they, they go viral now because people have videos where they've been recording themselves or somebody else is recording them. Um, so this brought about some memories because this is something I've dealt with myself with weight, weight training. I don't know if anybody else has ever had these thoughts, but when I'm, especially when I'm training with dumbbells and I'm doing anything over my chest or if I'm doing like tricep exercises, cause you have to do it like close to your head. And I look up at these dumbbells. I'm like, man, if that fell on my head, that would do some serious damage. Well, I, I might not make it through it. Samantha, <laughs> I didn't, but you've just unlocked. You're welcome. A new anxiety for me. I mean, I I had like like I have that thought constantly when I'm doing these exercises because it's free weights, and I'm like, this could. I really better pay attention. The only thing, the only things I fear when I'm lifting weights, because I I do um, weight training too, um, is. When I do a deadlift and I, I'm deadlifting really heavy, I worry I'm going to rip ass. <laughs> that, was, that was one of the things that I saw. I didn't include it in these. but um, When I uh, do a squat with a heavy, heavy weights, and we're talking like heavy weights for me is like 80 plus pounds. Um, I'm worried I'm going to blow my sphincter out. Um you know, just the usual. And I refuse to get on like the leg press anymore after watching that video. And you know, the one I'm talking about, Yeah, I'll get to it. Hopefully if I don't run out of time, (laughs) but I was terrified of the leg press after seeing that video. Terrified. The the lesson learned I'm going to go ahead and tell you is do not lock your knees. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. So like I said um, at the beginning, if you're novice, it's a good idea to get somebody who works there to show you how the machines work. It's a good idea to have somebody with you that can help spot you or help give you kind of tips on whether you're doing a movement incorrectly because you can seriously hurt yourself if you don't know what you're doing. Or if you have the money, definitely spring for a trainer. A hundred percent, especially at first with you, because they can help you lay the groundwork and then you can just build on that. Mm-hmm. A lot of gyms will offer to do that for a certain period of time as kind of like an introductory offer. So if they do take full advantage of it, by all means. Sarah failed to do this and unfortunately paid the price. When Sarah first joined the gym, her goal was to lose weight, but she was only really interested in the cardio machines. So the treadmills, cross trainers, stair steppers, all that. 
She didn't have a clue what any of the other machines were for at the gym, and she really wasn't super confident. But one day she decided she was going to work up the courage and she was going to try something new. So she went over to the ab machine and started doing crunches, but she failed to lock the weight in place. Mid-set, the head support whipped back. Her face was smashed to pieces. Her nose was broke, lips were split, gums were cut, and there was blood all over the place. It looked like a murder scene and put her and a lot of others, I'm guessing, off to going to the gym for quite some time. She did not die. But that was quite the uh, oh, hospitalization god. she had to go through. Oh my god! Know how to use the machine before you get on it, please. Well, now they have. Uh, well, before I got rid of my uh, Planet Fitness membership during COVID because ew. Um, uh, no, I can't believe. Like, I even went back to Planet Fitness to do my workouts like two weeks into the pandemic, and I cannot believe I did that. But now they have the QR codes on the side of the machines that will pull up a video instructing you how to properly oh, that's smart. use it. So that's smart. Please, by all means, take a look. All right. So here's another one. If phones are going to break when in the gym, it's going, um, it's either going to happen as a result of an accident, dropping weights, or because of leg training. Leg training a lot. I don't want to deter anyone from leg day at the gym, but if training legs, especially if you're going heavy or doing an exercise such as squatting, there's an increased risk of freak accidents and injuries happening. So there was a video, and this is the one that Montana's no. cringing right no. now. No, 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 no. And I remember when it went viral. <laughs> and she wasn't, the thing is, she wasn't even, it wasn't even a heavy plate on the, <laughs> But her whole legs, they bent all the way their own way. She was just going through the motions, and she was leg pressing using the machine, but she still suffered a horrific injury. She's casually leg pressing, seemed to be putting in a little bit of effort, when at the top of her rep, her rep, her left leg just folded and snapped back the other way. <laughs> and no. seemingly broken too. And no. it was actually filmed. And if you haven't seen it yet. Don't look it up. Don't, don't look it up. I'm just going to tell you don't. But the reason, ready. I can tell you, I watched it. And the reason why it happened is she locked her legs. So I know everybody that has, has done it you lock your leg in place and your knee kind of pushes back a little bit because it has a little bit of a give. That's why whenever you use a leg press, they always tell you your legs should be bent. They should never go straight. When you get up to the top, it should still be a bend. And there is a block. There's a, there's a block that you can put on that prevents you from going too far. She didn't do this. So she went too far. She, she locked her legs and unfortunately broke, basically broke her knee. Oh my God. Like I'm just rubbing my knees. (laughs) I'm just right. Okay, I'll move on. Okay, how about how about the calf machine? Okay. How would you hurt yourself on a calf machine? How would you? Don't tell me. Ooh. So this is another one that you need to hook the machine correctly, or it could have disastrous results, especially if you stacked a lot of weight, which a lot of people do on the calf raise machine. So that's what happened to the individual in this story. He hadn't hooked the machine properly. So as he finished his set and was preparing to get off, the bar at the top came down onto his collarbone and snapped it. He was instantly flattened and his body crumpled to the ground, seemingly bent in half. His friend thought he was finished, that he was just dead. He lifted the weight off of him and his friend on the floor was struggling to breathe. Emergency services were called and he ended up having a bruised spleen, 
broken collarbone, three cracked ribs, compression fractures on three discs, and he was just, in general, just an, a mess. Four years later, and he still hadn't fully recovered and obviously hadn't been back to the gym either. My Christ. <laughs> and this one... Uh, this one was always one of my fears at the gym. And this is why I don't walk on a treadmill, which by the way, you have to tell your funny story about the treadmill. Uh, and if you don't remember, I'll remind you what it is, uh, that you sent me one time when you were at the gym. Uh, but so <sighs> this one's, uh, talking about falling on a treadmill. So by all means, pay attention. Thankfully, we don't have cords connected to our music machines now we have it all on our phones we used to have like ipods or whatever we don't have to have cords so there's no reason for you to get the cord caught and then it fall and pull you down just pay attention to what you're doing when you're on these machines it's easy to get to sidetracked or or kind of disassociate or go into your own world don't do that it's just not worth it <laughs> um <laughs> this story is told by a guy who was one of who was on one of the neighboring treadmills to the guy that had the incident. He saw everything that went down. The person next to him was running, doing his thing on the treadmill when he tripped and fell down on the treadmill. As he was being taken backwards, he somehow managed to get a couple of his fingers caught between the belt and the roller. Ah! When the machine was eventually turned off, his fingers were pried free and two of his fingers were sticking out at a really bad angle. Bones had pierced through the skin and there was blood everywhere oh no you think he'd be screaming in pain but apparently he just got up and said i think i broke my finger oh no <laughs> oh no oh no i wish we had recorded the video for this oh no <laughs> oh no So do you know what story I'm talking about? <laughs> I remember I remember falling and yanking. This was before like <laughs> Bluetooth was a thing and yanking the cord out of my phone. I don't remember what was playing, but it started blasting. <laughs> I'm sexy. Uh, what is it? Sexy if you know it or whatever. Yeah, LMAO. I remember it being. Because <laughs> you sent me a text that said, incredibly so that just happened. <laughs> it was incredibly embarrassing. It was so embarrassing. <laughs> I went back the next day. Yeah, but you didn't hurt yourself, so no, that no, helps. No. <laughs> All right, so this one is more serious and very unfortunate. However, definitely a lesson to be learned again. This is a different type of exercise. Gabrielle McKenna Leishk, I think that's how you say her last name, was lifting weights in Australia, or he was lifting weights in Australia when he was 29 years old. As he was performing bicep curls with a 110-pound weight, which, by the way, holy cow, I can't even imagine using 110 pounds for a bicep curl, but okay. Yeah, no, I think the best I can do is maybe 30. I think that's the high. I think the highest I ever got was maybe 25. But Yeah. Neither here nor there. The weight must have been too much, and it caused his bicep to tear clean off his elbow, leaving Look. him screaming in pain. Look. He was rushed to the... Oh, it gets it gets worse than this. They rushed him to the hospital where they reattached the muscle and initially thought that was all, and he was going to be back on his road to recovery. Three days after the surgery, his arm swelled to two to three times the normal size and was bright red. Once he was back in the hospital, the doctors realized he had ne necrotizing fasciitis. 
it's a very serious fasci- fasciitis. Whatever. Uh, yeah. It's a very serious condition and one that can start with an injury as small as a paper cut. It affects the tissues beneath the skin and surrounding muscles and organs. Up to 34% of these cases can be fatal from the flesh-eating infection. And if it's combined with complications from streptococcal toxic shock syndrome, the mortality rate jumps to 60%, according to the CDC. Unfortunately, due to the infection, it was necessary to amputate his arm and remove the dead skin, meaning he needed skin grafts. According to Gabriel, he didn't even realize his arm was missing for three days after the surgery, after he woke up. While he struggled long term for a long time after what happened, he has since recovered and is now training for the 2024 Paralympic Games in Paris. What the fuck? Just sit down. Take a nap. <laughs> Had his arm amputated. He's still he's still going. I mean, I've, I'm always like super impressed with people who can do stuff like that. I find it difficult to get out of bed and that might just be depression so much so that I need to take a nap after I get up. (laughs) So just do what you can with what you got. This is what this is. The only thing I'm saying is stop going to the gym and take more naps. That's it. I guess that's a possible option. Me for president 2024. Don't do that. Okay, so the the next few are from Ranker.com, and uh, these are some, like, professional people. Um, some of these are. Actually, I think all of these were, per, were, like, big names. So in the 2008 Beijing Olympics, which, by the way, something was going on in a couple of these Olympic games because they had some serious injuries. In the 2008 Beijing Olympics, Hungarian weightlifter Janus Baron, I'm not even going to try. Um, was going for a lift of 148 kilograms when disaster struck. His elbow dislocated and the weight came down against his back and he cried out in pain. Luckily, after years of rehab, no surgery required, he was able to get back into the game. He even got a tattoo of the Olympic rings and Beijing 2008 across his elbow as a grim reminder of the incident. What is that conversion to pounds? uh, I don't know. You could look it up. What was it? 148 kilograms. You might want to keep that conversion up too because I have another one in just a second. All right. Let's see. We're still down. 48. That's it's, I mean, it's a lot. I think it's roughly twice, but I could be wrong. It is 326.284 pounds. 326? Mm-hmm. So the next one, on in yet another Olympic injury, uh, I can't even try, Yanyaksa was competing in London in 2012. The South Korean weightlifter steps up to the 162 kilogram weight lifts it and his arm gives out under the pressure the pain on his face is palpable as he falls to the ground his elbow dislocated but he continued to keep working on the sport and kept lifting even the dislocated elbow shown over and over on international television wasn't enough to stop him that one is a 357 pounds so these are obviously the ones where they're it's not a dead. It's not a deadlift, right? It's a upright row. Up, 
No, upright rows like this. They actually push it above them, I think. Oh, it's a, it's a, damn it. Shoulder press? Uh, is it a shoulder press? Because they, they go all the way they up. they pick it up and then they lift it up again. But they come from a squat. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but I mean, I mean, uh, most people probably know the, Whatever. Well, the exercise we're talking about. But I mean, that's a lot of weight. I anybody. have a dumbbell for anybody who wants to know. <laughs> <laughs> you have dumbbell? I have dumbbell. I lose <laughs> weight. In 2006, the weightlifter lovingly known as Big Brian Bach was doing some squats in his gym when things went bad. The weight became too much and he collapsed onto the ground in obvious agony. Doctors later revealed that he'd broken his femur in one leg both lower bones in the other leg and had torn up most of his knee during the accident. Ugh, no. He was hospitalized for weeks and had to undergo three surgeries to repair the damage. No, no, no. Mm -mm. This injury is actually better than it looks if you watch the video, but it, a, another injury in the 2012 London Olympics, Matthias Steiner was lifting 432 pounds over his head when he suddenly buckled and fell back. You can see the weight come down hard on his head and neck as he drops, and you can practically feel the cracking. Miraculously, after being rushed to the hospital for x-rays, he was found to have no serious injuries, and he still is free to lift weights. So I guess it was just rest and recovery. I mean, how do you lift that much? You I know don't what? know. I can't. That's some serious training involved. Yeah. I definitely would stop after that. If I had an injury like that, there's no way I would keep trying to professionally or or competitively lifting. No way. I think I would have like PDS, P PDST. <laughs> so close. You have the letters. <laughs> Rearrange them a little bit. <laughs> Dyslexia. I would have PBS. Uh, the public <laughs> broadcast broadcasting system. <laughs> oh my god! What's wrong with me? <laughs> Uh, okay, so in a 2013 video, Justin Randall is finishing up his last curls of the night and everything seems fine. However, if you watch closely, his bicep suddenly spasms. That's actually the muscles tearing apart and snapping like a rubber band. The weightlifter cries out in pain and grabs the injury. In his own words, the incident was pretty upsetting. Well, I feel no like I would shit. be using different words. <laughs> I feel oh, like that would be so okay. freaking painful. Okay. <laughs> no, thank you. I blew my sphincter out. It was pretty painful. Oh, just Boy. even thinking about just oh ah your muscles snapping like that's got to be oh okay. Anyway, Russian powerlifter Igor Golashkin is was lifting a four hundred pound weight with the help of spotters when the weight slips. No one catches the weight in time and the full force of it comes down on his chest. The weight tore his diaphragm and broke his ribs and he was he was rushed to the hospital. Unfortunately, he did later die from that trauma and he was only 34 years old. Ugh. So 400 pounds landed on him. Even Ugh. with spotters. But I mean, at the same time, 400 pounds, like what kind of spotter are you going to have that's going to be able to help you lift that? You'd have to have, yeah, and it says spotters, plural. So he had even more than one helping him. That's so what I'm saying. Like, what, what kind of spotter do you have for that? Uh, if you guys only so, there's it. only so much. You, I mean, that's just, I guess that's just one of those things like people that do the extreme sports. There's some of those other extreme sports that people will do. 
they could easily die if one thing goes wrong. And that's just the one thing that went wrong. There's only so much you can well, in my do opinion, to prevent that. Most sports are extreme. <laughs> extremely, <laughs> extremely inconvenient for my nap schedule. For sure. For sure. Now, this one is pro- is the worst one that I read that was from a news story. Uh, and it is from Mirror. Uh, the majority of it I got from Mirror.co.uk. This tragedy happened to a gym fitness sports center in Mexico City. A gym goer died trying to lift a massive 400-pound barbell weighing the equivalent of a gorilla. And I put that in there because it's interesting that they said an equivalent of a gorilla. That's an interesting equivalent. Wait, where was this at? It gives you a visual. Peralo, per, Peralvillo, Mexico City. See, I thought it was only the U.S. that measured things and anything other than the metric system. <laughs> well, they convert it for us because we're too lazy to convert it, obviously, since sure. I didn't do it earlier. <laughs> Anyway, the woman reportedly tried to lift the weight in front of her daughter at a gym fitness sport gymnasium in Mexico on Monday. This is straight from the article. But the barbell appeared to be too heavy and it fell on her, crushing her neck onto the bench and killing her on the spot. Footage shows the small woman attempting to lift the barbell. And I'm going to tell you, I saw the pictures. This woman was small. I don't know if she ever had tried this before, but... I would not have thought she could lift this barbell personally, just based on the footage. Uh, Others at the gym immediately rushed to help her after the 397-pound barbell fell on the back of her neck, leaving her slumped on the floor lifeless. One man can be seen lying lying her on her side, and they all look on in shock. The woman who has not been named, but who is reportedly between 35 and 40 years old, and I couldn't find the name was exercising at the gym when tragedy struck. The clip shows a man adjusting the weights on the device before the woman positions herself to lift it. But it all goes horribly wrong, and the bar immediately hits the back of her neck, pinning her down. The man and the young girl try to lift the barbell off the woman to free her, but unfortunately, it doesn't matter. Two other people come over and lift the device. The woman then slumps lifeless onto the floor. Her daughter was literally standing right behind it, and... The report says was reportedly very affected by the incident and is believed to be receiving psychological support. I hope so. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, bare minimum, I would hope so. An investigation into the incident has been launched by the state prosecutor's office. The gym owner, who has not been named, was reportedly reportedly briefly arrested in order to confirm the woman's identity. And the investigation was ongoing. I never did see a resolution after that. Hmm. And it was on a machine. It looked like it was on a machine. So that kind of surprised me. I'm wondering if maybe she had overloaded it, not realizing how heavy it was, or maybe she just wasn't ready for it. And she like released the lock too quickly. And when she wasn't ready, it just crushed her. Cause you have to be in the right position when you're lifting something heavy like that. Just the, the wrong position alone can cause something like that to happen. I just won't be lifting 400 pounds. I'll stick with like, 100 max and call it a day yeah so how about some firsthand accounts oh great i got in a i went on a a reddit rabbit hole like for a while (laughs) some of these so i did find a few uh one was posted and the question was what's the worst gym related injury you have experienced 
And this is posted by <laughs> a name I'm not going to read. <laughs> Great. I hate it. Uh, it. It's one of those amazing Reddit names, but it was nine years ago. It says, <laughs> and I just did it because of the way that they wrote. If you have been betrayed by the iron, we all love and respect. Please share your story so I can revel in your past and present pain and suffering as I deal with mine. So apparently they were out. And this is why they give the story. Have you hurt yourself while trying to get the Mesquatama Gandhi swole? (laughs) Or maybe you learned the hard way that treadmills cannot be trusted. Please share details like how it happened, what sort of recovery you had, and how it affected your fitness. And how hard... I would laugh or cringe if I saw it take place. My story is this. I was having a phenomenal workout. Threw up a PR, which I don't know what the PR is, on squat after my work sets. Had exquisite form on my barbell row while making solid progress. Never would I have expected to have a life-altering destruction of my power fibers. Some call these muscles. I completed my strong lift sets and continued on to do some accessory hypertrophy hypertrophy work when tragedy struck. My no explode, which by the way is like a um, a performance enhancer sort of thing, not like prescribed drugs, but one of those you can buy, was still. It's, mm-hmm. I think it's pre workout is what it is. Was still coursing through my veins as I wrapped my iron claws around a perfectly innocent looking pair of dumbbells. I felt the flex of my deltoids and squeezed in my trap, trap, trapezis, your traps, Yeah, but he wrote it weird or they wrote it weird. I don't know if it was he. As I commenced, oh, oh, it is a man, a one man beat down of gravity, lifting them straight up high into the air. But I quickly learned gravity was only biding its time waiting to strike back. As I descended from my last rep, I had a momentary lapse in judgment. My right earbud decided it was the perfect time to take a bungee jump out of my head, leaving my friend and foe gravity wide open to throw a knockout blow. I relaxed my deltoid and spraspinatus too soon on descent, causing the weight to fall backwards. The resulting tearing and popping caused even my curl bro during deadlifts. (laughs) Even the curl bro during deadlifts on the Smith's machine to drop the weight down onto the next peg and awkwardly look towards my confused and distraught face. <laughs> Befuddled and scared, I scurried over to the leg press, which I would not be scurrying over to, and uh, something else, to try to get the pain out of my shoulder and onto my squat appendages. It's an idiot. So basically, you moved on to a different machine to try to work something else out. It was useless. Exasperated, I hung my head and I clutched my shoulder and shuffled out the door, trying to take in every plate clank and man grunt yoga pant to the to last me the days or even weeks until i recovered luckily i was able to contact a physical therapist to calm me down i have a sibling who is a pt and plan an assessment of the annihilation of my pump sinew basically it says i initiate dumbbell shoulder press right earbud attempts suicide get distracted and the weight in my left hand falls backward causing horrific ripping sounds i'm pretty sure it's a terror strain of my something he he gives a lot of information and then he puts in all caps i had too much (laughs) pre-workout edit Some of you have mentioned that hearing about these injuries has scared you from going to the gym. These things happen when you're pushing your body, but maintaining correct form and always being sure to properly rest when you've had pain will greatly minimize your risk of injury. So he's just saying people push themselves a little bit too hard and they don't do what they know they should. 
So these are the subsequent stories after his. And this one is actually pretty rough, and I'm surprised they put it on here. But I hesitate to tell this story since it was still so fresh and painful. My longtime workout partner of 24 years, and it says, yes, 24 years, got to be some kind of record, was on a 45-degree leg press at the end of January of this year. This is nine years ago. He had already warmed up with several sets of leg extensions. That's another thing. Make sure you warm up. Don't start hitting heavy weights cold. That's another way to really cause some serious uh, serious injuries yep. and was working up in weight on the leg press after loading the machine with a weight. I've seen him do over a hundred occasions before he unlocked the lever, pushed the sled to the top and started the descent. Suddenly the sled came crashing down to the safety stops. He rolled off the machine to the side and several of us rushed over. I had thought he either tweaked his knee or tore an AC, an ACL. He told us to call an ambulance after getting to the emergency room, the doctor came in and told us that he had torn both quadriceps completely off the femur. He would need surgery to reattach both. So six days later, he had the surgery. A week later, I'm at work and receive a phone call. It's one of our lifting buddies telling me that my workout partner just had a heart attack and died. Now, this guy is always pulling pranks, so naturally I didn't believe him. Calling my lifting partner's house, his son answered, and my stomach sank. After the autopsy, we learned that a blood clot had formed in one of his legs, suddenly traveled to his brain, and he died. No, no. Doesn't get much worse than that. He was only 56, survived by a wife and two kids. Not sure if there's a lesson here or not, but wanted to share and at least help my healing process. He was my friend. It's a freak accident and another kind of freak situation to happen. I don't feel like either one of them could have really been avoided. It sounds like... He did everything he normally would do. And it was just one of those times where freak accidents happen. The gym but the idea you. that both of the quads came completely off. Like, Ugh. 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 Howie. Um, the very next one was I grazed my shin during a deadlift once. Okay. That was it. That's, that's as bad as it's been for me. And then somebody else had commented like below that and said, man, that's rough. <laughs> that was me <laughs> yeah it probably was actually over eager on a rower and seat slid oh this, oh this is so bad over eager on a rower and seat slid from underneath me cracked my coccyx on the bar and it killed still hurts 12 months later and seriously affects my day job which is sitting in a chair for 10 hours a day i mean if you so i have a row machine have you if ever been on a rower you can get some over eagerness in there if you slide off the back of that thing, your entire anus is going to be on oh, a bad. wire. Like there's a wire under oh, you're just uh, like it's going to be like the worst mm -hmm. thong you've ever worn. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> it wasn't my injury, but over the years I have twice seen guys blow out pecs benching. I've never even heard of this. Different guys both times right pecs, both three plates plus on the bar. Wait, so they're titty just three plates on either side. Yeah, Your basically. Can explode? Apparently. I got a good look at one of them as he hobbled out, clutching his right arm. His right pec was bunched up to the size of a softball against the outside of his collarbone. So like oh, my, I guess right around here. My titties. I didn't even know that was possible. I'm gonna be really careful in my bench presses going forward. Yeah, no shit. That's not the way to grow them, Montana. Don't even try it. <laughs> I wouldn't dare. 
my buddy okay this is the last one my buddy back in high school was doing power cleans oh that's a that's what it is it's a power clean i think that they do Mm. at um 240 pounds he was going for a plus five pound pr progressive is that what that is no i want to say that's like progressive lift but maybe that's the reverse anyway he goes down to the floor, cleans it up, except right as he gets into the squat position to push the weight up, his wrist gives out. Ugh. Nope. nope. The weight fell onto his left femur, snapping it in half. Oh, no. This was the ugliest break I've ever seen. He was also stuck under the weight for a while, and the bar was just sitting on top of his snapped yeg- leg. Yuck. Nope. Nope. Nope, nope. Mm-mm. So what we learned today is um, not to never go to the gym, but just know what you're doing and don't push yourself like that. Because if you notice, all of these were major lifts, except for the one leg press, in which case the lesson there is just don't use the leg press because you don't really have to. No, you You don't have to use more than enough. You can do more than enough with using free weights, dumbbells, barbells, or even like the Smith machine. Yeah, just just don't do the leg press. Just Just stay away from the leg press. That's all we're saying. And never lock your knees whenever you're doing any kind of leg exercise. You uh, should never lock your knees. Uh, 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 uh. Well, good job. I hate it. <laughs> uh. Well, to round this out, um, I'm going to give just a couple of some of my favorite New Year's resolutions to end this off. Great job on your terrible job on your gym stuff. Um, hey, you're welcome. I'm going to go throw up after this. I got to do an exercise. I got to do my workout in the morning. I'm going to be thinking about all these. Yeah, I do too. And um, I might just not. I might just text my, <laughs> my trainer and be like, I'm done. I'm done. It's Samantha's fault. <laughs> I don't want to snap my knees. Anyways, here we go. All right. Number one, don't only get your news from Twitter. I think this is pretty much a, a this is a great suggestion. Also TikTok. So it says, don't get, don't only get your news from Twitter. Try Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) Much better source of information. Let me tell you. Live your best life and only buy bottoms with no buttons or zippers. So sweatpants (laughs) and yoga. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. Uh, sign up for a marathon that you bravely will not actually run. <laughs> yes, I knew that was coming. Yes, I've take up a, a sport times, that lie. requires no. Uh, sorry, take up a sport that requires no cardio whatsoever, like darts or dating apps. Yes. <laughs> or uh, uh, crap! Why can I not think of it? The the thing at bars. Why can I not think of it? Cornhole. There you go. No cardio. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're using a lot of a lot of this. Sometimes you you do a but little it's bit not of this cardio. You're not having to run back and forth. Okay. Uh, uh, that's true. Well, I mean, sometimes you. Well, whatever. I. It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I. <laughs> I didn't actually play cornhole. I. I. Uh, um, was the announcer the at DJ cornhole tournaments. Yeah, for a while. Uh, refuse to acknowledge the entirety of 2021 during social gatherings. Yes. <laughs> didn't happen. 
uh, unfriend every person who shares their unsolicited diet or exercise regimen on social media. <laughs> uh, <laughs> use the phrase, it's a no-brainer more often. Done. Yeah, but which way are you meaning it? As in, you sound like you're not using your brain? Or it's that easy? It's up to your interpretation. It's a no-brainer. <laughs> okay. If I can use it either way, I can definitely use it more often. <laughs> Do so much yoga that it actually justifies wearing yoga pants 24-7. <laughs> no, no. No. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> take, up, <laughs> take up banana bread baking and claim it's a retro activity from 2020. <laughs> this is one that I really need to do or my husband needs to do wake up before noon on the weekends nah I'm gonna print that out actually I'd love to say I, I would love to say I would I would have a difficulty with that but even on the weekends I'm up at seven so that's unfortunate not because I like it yeah fair uh, fart in front of your squad with no shame <laughs> Hashtag liberty. You already do that. <laughs> I'm going to do it more. 2023. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, Jesus Christ. Lord knows Paul's kids don't have any problem with that one. <laughs> Resist the urge to shave your genitals. Bush is making a comeback and we don't need <laughs> George W. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> uh, so that's it, people. Uh, don't put that one in. Don't shave your genitals. <laughs> oh goodness, there's more on here, and I'll put the link in the show notes to go and read the rest of them. But uh, yeah, happy, this is us saying Happy New Year's, everybody. Don't create <laughs> a resolution. You you know might hurt yourself or die. Just like with any goal, make it attainable and just make it a goal. Don't make it a New Year's resolution because that's just doomed to fail. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I set goals all the time, but then I lose the notebook that I set them in. So I just get, <laughs> I just get, I lost new mine goal. halfway through the year last year. And I actually, well, I, I lost them earlier in the year. And then I found it in like October and read back through them. And I was like, hey, how about that? I already did half of these. Um, I probably See, have I time know. to do a couple more of them, but yeah, some of these are a lost cause. I don't know if I actually complete any of my goals because I never find my notebooks. So, mm. well, put it on your memories on your Snapchat and just save them. And even if you just save them, it comes up a year later. Yeah, fair. I don't always look you can at, at those. See though. whether you did it or not. Yeah, well. Here's my resolution for the year. I'm farting more around people. Well, just make everything difficult. Why don't you get ready? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't make New, Year, New Year's resolutions. Right, fair enough. Yeah. Um, uh, we added the podcast, so you get a lot of bonus points for any any goals that you didn't didn't achieve that you that's set right. at the beginning of the year. That's a big one. I started. Wait, I did a lot of, and things we even year. have more than two listeners. Which I know. is more than I expected. So, hey. Yeah, way more than I expected. So, uh, thanks for sticking with us through the year. Um, we're 
when when is our one year mark may is it may we're coming up on it Mm -hmm. yeah five five months (laughs) it it feels like we've been doing this for four four years (laughs) (laughs) after making it through the holidays i feel like those months should have counted for at least double time yeah for sure all right we're an hour and 20 minutes in uh samantha where can our listeners find us on social media they can find us at reaper tells podcasts on facebook and instagram and where can they email us at reaper gals r-e-a-p-e-r-g-a-l-s at reaper always impressed with your spelling i know I, sometimes i can spell uh correctly and then sometimes i spell uh just a different word altogether. um it's probably still spelled correctly, just not the right word. So you still get points. Bingo. You can also like, rate, review, subscribe, all of the things to the listening platform of your choice. Or all of them if you so choose to do so. I mean, if you truly love us, you would make a profile on every listening platform and rate and <laughs> review it. You know, I'm not judging you if you don't do that. But like, I'm, I'm, I'm saying. I'm judging, I am judging you. Um, Bonus points for people who do it on more than one platform. <laughs> yeah. And for those of you who do do that, do do. Um, you know, we, we love you. I truly appreciate you. We do this for you. Yeah. And for us, because we find each other hilarious. Oh, I'm I'm glad that some of you do too. So it works. (laughs) Hey, anyways, (laughs) until next time. Love you. Mean it. Bye. The reaper will come for us all.